This is an energy sport podcast. Insightful, in-depth and entertaining sports content from Napier to you. This is an energy sport podcast covering the British and Irish Lions Tour of South Africa 2021. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lions Tour podcast on energy sport. We are fresh for a few days after the first test against South Africa in which the Lions pulled off a second half triumphant comeback to beat South Africa by 22 points to 7 of the team. Stephen Brown, Struan Garvey are with me as usual. What did you guys make of the match? Yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly what you said. A tale of two halves. The South Africans were you know, quite dominant in the first half. They pinged us and really you know it was painful to watch the amount of penalties that the Lions gave away and the amount of penalties that Andre Pollard kicked over the posts and uh, Struan? Yeah as you said it's the old cliche wasn't it? It was a game of two halves to be honest. The edge of the seat stuff especially towards the end of the game I think quite a few of us were. We got quite lucky with the TMO from a Lions point of view but um yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game, to be honest. I'm, and I'm not just saying that because we won. I, I did think it was a good performance. And uh, as as we're on episode seven, I'll quickly give a shout out to uh, Fiji for winning the rugby sevens at the Olympics. And uh, Britain came fourth. So uh, we, we have a bit of extra rugby on the podcast today. <laughs> get, you're getting your money's worth today, folks. Of course, if you would like to get more from your money's worth, please feel free to send us some money. Um, <laughs> we take sponsorships. We will take sponsorships. Come on, we can do brand deals. I think we'd be good at that sort of thing. Hair yeah, care products. Hair care. This product. show is brought to you by. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Red Bull and caffeine. Um, the first half was a half of mired in a lot of penalties. The Lions were very sloppy and not particularly clinical on the attack or indeed in the defence. I think, you know, both teams, you know, throughout the two halves, I mean, it was definitely a forward-dominated game by the forwards for the Lions. South Africa used their backs a little bit more, but, you know, it shows just tactics, what the Lions were sort of doing to cut out the sort of the challenge made by Colby and Willie LaRue, what they did, they sort of stayed in the centre. They attacked in the midfield and they defended in the midfield and they sort of cut out that sort of threat that we'd seen in the past by Colby and Willie LaRue. Mm, there, was, there was a lot of penalties, as we were saying, in, in both halves. Yeah, South Africans in the second half lucky not to receive a yellow card at all for the amount of penalties they were giving away. I yeah, I definitely say so. Uh, I think there was a good amount of penalties when we were even number twenty two. We were quite quite lucky, but you know, yet again, I think a uh, a certain substitute who came off the bench for the Lions is also very lucky not to get a yellow or even a red card. Yeah, let's talk about that. Hamish Watson on Willie LaRue. Many people saying, how was that not a card? In my view, I think that would have been a harsh red, but it was certainly a yellow from my point of view. I mean, it I was... 
Sorry, go, go for it. Sorry. I was just saying that's the perfect way to sum it up. I think, you know, it should never have been a red card, but at the same time, you did expect a card to come from that. I think he was very fortunate. Obviously, at the time, you're saying, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing, get on with the game. But looking back on it, I think he, if he'd been carded, I don't think we could have complained at all. Yeah, I think at the heat of a moment when I watched that, when it was live, I was like, oh, no, I was thinking with my heart, oh, no, I hope he doesn't get a yellow or a red. Looking back now, I have to disagree. I think it's it was a red card. William LaRue was uh, still in air when he tackled when Hamish Watson tackled him, he, you know, spun him. And, I mean, he did sort of grounded his head right into the ground. It it was very dangerous what he did. Uh, Does Hamish Watson normally do that? No. I think it was just a bit of unlucky sort of moment and just recklessness. I think it would have been a very harsh red card to get. I, I don't think so. Uh, I really don't think so. I think it could have easily been a red. I think it was well, just completely we've reckless. Seen, we've seen them given and we've seen them not given. Yeah, I tackles get... like that. Yeah. I would like to have you... seen the stramash that would have been drawn up had the uh, the South African TMO given that as a red card because I think we've seen it is it is borderline between both of them. I'm maybe trying to defend him too much here when I say this, but do you think there was an element of he'd just come onto the pitch, he wasn't sharp yet in the game, he wasn't match sharp, he kind of feeling his way into it? Do you think that possibly paid into it? Yeah, the momentum, you know, of, of being a substitute on the field of a Lions game, absolutely. But does that excuse him for that reckless tackle? It absolutely doesn't. Stephen Brown very much hearing his views on that incident there so who else really stood out in that match I think there's one name which I think springs very readily to mind and that is Super Maro definitely I, you know, I, said, I said at the start of this before we uh, we went live who was your man of the match and why was it Atoji I thought it was absolutely <laughs> excellent Yeah, you know, I think I think he had a good game in the World Cup final against South Africa as well for England I seem to remember him having a good game there and I, th- and I thought he was absolutely excellent you know he was his tackle and everything really wasn't he? he was absolutely it was just fantastic you know obviously quite often you look for the point scores to be your man of the match and the game changes but I, th- I thought it was absolutely excellent to be honest and I'm quite happy it's not an unsung hero he, he is getting the praise I think he got the official uh, player of the match award as well he did, I don't he think he can blame with that yeah. at all yeah it was fantastic we predicted him to start as well I'll just point that one out we did that's because we are predicting gods of course um <laughs> Someone else who I thought had a good game, good standout, standout game was there uh, would be Duan van der Merwe. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see a lot of attack from him, but what we didn't see at attack, we saw a lot of defence from Duan van der Merwe. You know, although saying that, you know, he did have a good few breaks here and there during the game, and uh, but uh, he kept Colby almost silent throughout the whole game, which is unheard of. Yeah. He was, Duan van der Merwe was spectacular in that game. Stuart Hogg also had a very good game, as did Rory Sutherland, I thought, uh, keeping with the Scottish bias. But Rory Sutherland's obviously not a good enough game to stop him being demoted to the bench for the second test, which comes up on Saturday. But speaking of people that had good games, bad games, South Africa had 
two tries disallowed. So let's talk a little bit about then. The first one I thought was very confusing because it looked like a forward pass. Yet the referee said he was happy with the pass. But upon inspecting it a number of times with the TMO, he was deemed to be offside by being ahead of the kicker, which, if you really look at it, he just kind of isn't. Ah, this is a bit of a hard one, Uh, especially for me. Even I looked at it and I really wasn't too sure. I think the pass is okay, which a lot of people are going to disagree with me with. In rugby, you can... As long as your hands go backwards in that pass, parallel, thank you. If your hands go, your hands pass backwards or parallel, then you're fine. And I think the pass was parallel when it left his hands. But I think, you know, when we're running, it just went a tad forward. So I think it, it did look forward, but looking, you know, at the rules of rugby... It was an okay pass. And then, you know, you mentioned about the kick. I think he was a toe in front of the kicker. Mm. I, th- I think sometimes as well with forward passes, and quite often off sidelines of these, often it depends on the camera angle I feel that we get. You know, sometimes things can look forward. And I, th- and I feel, you know, when it's you're looking at the game and you're always kind of slightly behind what the line is and it can look forward... And it's, it's just quite difficult. You know, I, we've always seen something like football. We see these lines get drawn for the VAR decisions. And there's always controversy when there's a millimetre or something in it. And I think quite often the camera angle can deceive people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's been so many sort of screenshots that I looked up on Twitter that, you know, if you look at the original TV angle, um, he's just on the side of a... F- passes forward or it's backwards or it's parallel etc etc so yeah it's absolutely the camera angle and it's really hard to say and at the end of the day you know uh it's hard decisions it was a hard decision not to 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 disallow that try so so we talked already a bit about the match as we were saying earlier a game very much of two what did we make of the way the Lions dug deep and came back? Yeah, I mean, definitely the Lions, completely different team in the second half. The first five minutes, you know, that you got that Luke Cowan Dickey team try. You know, it was a try from a mall, five metre throw in, and even the backs got in of the back of that mall and pushed it over. And it really sort of stapled down. Although we may have had a bit of a sloppy first half, we're uh, we're here to play in the second half, and I thought that was good. Uh, you know about you know looking at South Africa, they also had a bit of a comeback in the second half, and that Dialande got a disallowed try just like Lily Larue did. Mm. That was uh, South Africa's both the disallowed tries from South Africa were quite good pieces of. Oh, they absolutely were. I mean, the first sort of Willie Larue disallowed try was a fantastic kick. Unfortunately, was he was ahead of it. It was it was very neat, sort of slick kind of skill. Unfortunately, for the Dialande disallowed try, I mean, Colby 
you know, it was quite obvious he knocked on with Liam Williams in the sort of aerial battle that they were having at the time. Uh, I mean, if you look back at it from the very start, Liam Williams gathers a ball on the air, Colby challenges, and what happens is that Liam Williams loses grip, Colby sort of retrieves it in the air, but unfortunately his hand just sort of hits it, and then it goes forward, uh, and I think that was just sort of, it was a knock-on, which is quite a shame because it was a really good try. But, you know, South Africa got a faff, uh, got faff to Clark in to make it a little bit more competitive, and he got a try himself. Mm. Third time lucky. Third time, third time lucky. Uh, now, of course, we were speaking earlier, there were some changes to the squad for the second test in South Africa. How do you think Warren Gatland is going to be approaching this game? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, the Lions, for a couple of the things in the first game, were quite lucky. Uh, those two disallowed tries are just two examples I think, although they were lucky, uh, they're going to have, they, I mean, they've already made a few changes. Uh, they're definitely going to try and cut out the threat made by Willie LaRue and Damien, uh, ugh, and Colby. Uh, you know, we saw, even though they didn't get those two tries, they were very, very good in the air. Very good defence, very good attack. I think what Warren Gatlin's going to do, just like he did in the first test, he's going to attack in the midfield and he's going to try very hard to defend in that midfield. Uh, this time, however, you know, Robbie Henshaw is still at 12 and Chris Harris has substituted with Elliot Daly, who Elliot Daly has been put on the bench. Mm. Elliot Daly was one we were a bit unsure of as well. I remember in the last podcast we were talking about a bit of a surprise seeing him in the lineup, and and that was one of my first thoughts when I saw this lineup coming out for the second game. Mm, he did was he the one that gave away quite a few penalties as well? Uh, I think he did. Um, I think that for England, he's played a lot of fullback and wing. Warren Gatlin obviously prefers him in the outside centre, number thirteen. And I just don't think he's had enough sort of warm-up at 13 for the Lions. Um, I still think he's a great player, but I think putting him on the bench and getting Chris Harris at 13 is probably a really good idea. Mm. So that leaves us now with just two orders of business before we wrap up the podcast today. First order of business on that front then, gentlemen. Your score predictions for the second test. Ooh... It's uh... Bearing in mind, actually, we'll tell uh, who was the closest in the last test. It probably wasn't me. You might as well skip over this bit. Stephen got <laughs> South Africa's score bang on. Stephen said it would be 25 Lions, 17 South Africa. Struan, you said Lions 38, South Africa 31. And Struan, you also said, and I quote, it will be a close game and there will be a try right at the end. And there almost was. <laughs> there almost was. <laughs> there almost was. <laughs> no, there almost was. Uh, 
Missed uh, it by that much. <laughs> well, with my prediction, I will use a little stat to help me out. 80% of Lions teams that have won the first test win the series. Somebody's been looking at Sky Sports Instagram's page this morning. Um... <laughs> Credit to Sky Sport. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. Anyway, but back into the prediction. I was very close in the first test. Um, I think... Uh, looking at this series and comparing it to others, I think it's, this series is going to be like a, like Lions versus Australia in 2013. The Lions win. Very lucky in the first test. The second test, oh, it's going to be tense because if the Lions win, that's the series over. They could potentially win it 3-0, get a hat-trick. But if South Africa win, then it's really, it's going to be so tense for the third test, just like it was in Australia back in 2013. Oh, this is probably the hardest prediction that I've probably ever thought of. I think someone's going to kick the last points of his game. I think... Oh, I'd love to say I could see the Lions... I'm going to change my mind. I think Lions are going to win. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be... Ooh, 24-19 to the Lions. Mm, a close one. I'm, right, I'm going to be really petty, but I think this will be quite a funny idea in the long term, just to be a bit different, right? So I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy the 24-19, but I'm going to say to South Africa. So I'm going to go with the same scoreline, but to South Africa. That's that's my thinking here. Mm, that sounds like it will be very, very tasty indeed. Setting up a very now, interesting third game. Very interesting. Now, gentlemen, I'm going to spring something on you. Spring because box? This morning, <laughs> not the box. This morning, I got bored at work. And so, as always, with any sort of big sporting event... Lots of novelty items that are branded with things that some may call crap spring up. So we're going to have a little game of guess the price of this Lions merchandise. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to Radio Energy's The Price is Right. To start off, we have a rather fetching Lions branded golf bag for your clubs. Can I get a guess on... Oh, on the price of can, that. I saw can, this can advertised this, on Facebook. Can we label this the Alley Price is Right? Just The Alley just Price is Right. Welcome to the Alley Price is Right. I'm going to guess like 75 quid. I'm going to go with a bang on 100. Struan is closer. Oh, <laughs> how it close was, though? <laughs> it is £185 of the Queen's Imperial credits for that. Combining our answers, we're still 10 short. For that, (laughs) yes. The next up is the Lion's Crest repeat Hawaiian-style shirt. Oh, I saw this on Facebook as well. (laughs) I'll go for 35 I'm going to go for 25 Strewn again, it's 40 quid. Oh, what? God. Are you kidding me? That thing not looked kidding awesome. you. No, yeah. it, does, it does look <laughs> crap. <laughs> now, let's go, let's go for a big one here. From the official Lions store, 
a Lions jersey. A Lions replica jersey. How much? Wait, just just the normal jersey. Just the normal replica jersey. Uh, Not the weird special one that comes in a box for some reason. Uh, I'm going to guess 85 quid. I'll go 70 quid. Strewing yet again. It's 75 quid. 75 pounds for that one. And now, sticking with the same thing, the Lions jersey, just the standard jersey, exactly the same product, except it's not. This time from Wish.com. How much is it? <laughs> 50. <laughs> Tenor. Stephen gets the point. It's 18 quid. Oh, what? <laughs> it's 18 quid. A pair of lion slippers. Ah, oh, 15 rather, quid. 15 rather quid. fetching red slippers with the lion's crest on them. 22. Stephen gets it bang on. 15 quid. I'm making a comeback oh, here. He's making a comeback. He's second half, first test lines here. He's making the comeback. Uh, what other tat? I've got two other items of tat remaining. So to take it to the decider. Take it to the decider. The British and Irish Lions wall sticker. 60 centimetres by 45 <laughs> centimetres. This isn't your ordinary live, laugh, love sticker. This is a lion's crest. 25 quid. Uh, how big is a sticker, Alistair? It's 60 centimetres by 45 centimetres. Jesus! Uh, I'm going to go for 24. Oh, no, nah, hang on. <laughs> oh, Truen gets the point. Oh, it's yes. 30 quid. For a sticker? Are you kidding yep. me? The, fi- the, you... Fi- the, final, the final one is possibly the biggest rip-off on here. The, but I'm just gonna cl- clarify, clarify by having to scroll through and make sure what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. We've got. We'll go with two more items then. The British and Irish Lions iconic captain's collectible coin album. Wait, the the whole thing. Oh my! You don't get any coins for this. This is just the thing to put your coins in. Twenty quid. Fifty quid. It was 20 quid. Oh! There are 15 to collect. Let me just get my calculator out. I actually here. have the uh, the 2012 Olympic coin collection for the 50p's. Do you? you yeah, but my my granddad made me a box to, to hold them in, so I, I didn't need to spend 20 quid on buying one. <laughs> <laughs> there are 15 of the iconic captains available in coin form for you to buy at your leisure. How much would it cost to buy the full set? Oh, it's, I'm going to guess 400. How many did you say captains of the were? 15. Oh. 75 quid. Hang on, I just, I just realised I should probably give you some, some more information. My, my guess there is just 5 about, quid I, per I'll coin. Just, I will give you some more information about the ta- I mean coins that you could be buying. <laughs> there is uh, the uh, the description solely reads: Get something to always show off your love of the British and Irish lines. No real fan should be without it. 
They are made from brass and soft enamel, and they are made in China. I'll stick with my 75. Stephen, what was your guess? 400 quid. For the whole collection? For the whole collection. Yeah, 400 quid. Struin is closer by a whisker. It is £225 for the whole collection, but you have to buy them separately. And I don't think it's got free shipping. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So that concludes today's ad hoc game of The Alley Price is Right. To end our podcast today, thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed that, and um, we hope you enjoy the match on Saturday. Thank you very much, and we will see you again soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.